everyone, and welcome back after a long hiatus to Deliciously Bookish. I know, I know, I haven't been here since the very end of November, and I promise it's, I mean, there was a lot going on in December, so I'm very sorry about that. First and foremost, it was, of course, the holidays, which were very busy, but I've also had some family problems, um, nothing to do with me or, you know, my, my child or my husband, but with a close family member, which has been very stressful and, yeah, hard for me to um, cope with. And then also, I also have had... We've been in the process of looking for a new home and and moving for the first time of a house that we're going to buy. So that's exciting, but it's also taken up a lot of time and a lot of my thoughts. So it's just been a very, very rough (laughs) time the past few weeks. So I apologize. I haven't been here. I've been active, but I told myself, I, I originally told myself when I move, I'll start picking this up again. But I don't know. I felt called to do this today. So here I am. Um, I hope everyone had a great holiday. We did have a good holiday. We did celebrate Christmas and it was very fantastic and you know, family and food and some presents. So that was nice. Um, so let's just talk about books. Uh, this month I want to talk about since it's January and I know most people are talking about what they read all year. I figured I'd give you my top books of 2021. I managed to read 86 books in 2021 and 13 of those books were five stars out of five. So that means that they were my favorite books of the year. So that's where I'm going to start. Okay. So the first book that I'm going to talk about today is The Final Girl Support Group by Grady Hendrix. And this book, you know, I really just enjoyed it. It was fun. It, it's considered horror, but honestly, in my opinion, it's more of a thriller. And I love Grady Hendrix. He's written some of my favorite books. But this book actually was not one of my favorites by him. They did not break my top Grady Hendrix books, but it definitely held a spot in my tops of the year list because I did really enjoy this, and it was very fast-paced, and I, and I read it, and I still remember quite a bit from it so in horror movies the final girl is the one who's left standing when the credits roll the one who fought back defeated the killer and avenged her friends the one who emerges bloodied but victorious but after the sirens fade and the audience moves on what happens to her Lynette Tarkington is a real-life final girl who survived a massacre 22 years ago, and it has defined every day of her life since, and she's not alone. For more than a decade, she's been meeting with five other actual final girls, and their therapist is a support group for those who survived the unthinkable, putting their lives back together piece by piece. That is until one of the women misses a meeting and Lynette's worst fears are realized. Someone knows about the group and is determined to take their lives apart again, piece by piece. But the thing about these final girls is that they have each other now. And no matter how bad the odds, how dark the night, how sharp the knife, they will never, ever give up. That is The Final Girl Support Group by Grady Hendrix. And if you are a beginner in horror, 
I would suggest this one, actually, because you know what? It Like I said, I found it more to be thrilling than horrific. It was a lot of fun. I know it was very popular this year. It got the best horror book of the year on Goodreads, which was very surprising because it beat out another one of my books that I'm going to talk about next, which is Later by Stephen King. And you know, it's kind of hard to out, to beat Stephen King in, in any sort of book, you know, rating. So, but Later by Stephen King, it's a very short book. If you're not used to Stephen King, I think that you would actually really enjoy this because this was also, I didn't consider this horror either. I mean, it had, it had supernatural elements to it and it, I guess it falls under horror, but it was more of a thriller as well. More of a, you know, it was light. It wasn't as hot. It wasn't as dark as Stephen King can get. So sometimes growing up means facing your demons. The son of a struggling single mother, Jamie Conklin, wants an ordinary childhood. But Jamie is no ordinary child. Born with an unnatural ability, his mom urges him to keep secret. Jamie can see what no one else can see and learn what no one else can learn, but the cost of using the ability is higher than Jamie can imagine. As he discovers when an NYPD detective draws him into the pursuit of a killer who has threatened to strike from beyond the grave. This book was fun. I read this book very quickly. You know, Stephen King's writing is just, it's, it's just perfect. I mean, I just, I think that he's just, I really truly believe that he's the greatest writer that's alive. So Later by Stephen King was on my top list. I gave all of these books that I'm talking about five stars, which means out of 86 books, I only gave five stars to these 13 books. So that is very impressive in my opinion. And since we're talking about Stephen King, I'm going to move on to my next five-star read, which is The Shining by Stephen King. And most people are familiar with either the Stanley Kubrick adaption of the film The Shining, which is it was similar, but there was a lot of differences. So if if you haven't read the book, I suggest you read it because it was really, I really liked it. And it had its very creepy moments where I was like, okay, I never thought these could scare me, but it did. This book did frighten me a little bit. And so, yeah, in case you don't know, I will give you the blurb now, and that is Jack Torrance's new job at the Overlook Hotel is a perfect chance for a fresh start. As the off-season caretaker at the atmospheric old hotel, he'll have plenty of time to spend reconnecting with his family and working on his writing. But as the harsh winter weather sets in, the idyllic location feels ever more remote and more sinister. And the only one to notice the strange and terrible forces gather around the overlooked is Danny Torres. Torrance, a uniquely gifted five-year-old. Yeah, classic. Stephen King, classic. I think everyone should read it. If you haven't read, like, It or any of that, I mean, I would probably maybe start with The Shining because... It's a classic Stephen King novel. And I'm going to move on to my next book, which is not a horror, because I have quite a few on here that aren't horror, surprisingly, or thriller. I was actually very surprised at the books that made my top list this year. So next we have Eleanor Oliphant's Completely Fine by Gail Honeyman. And this book I had heard about a couple years ago, I think maybe two years, I'm not positive, but it was on my TBR for a very long time, and I finally got around to reading it, 
And I could see why it was so popular because this was a fantastic book. Meet Eleanor Oliphant. She struggles with appropriate social skills and tends to excuse me, and tends to say exactly what she's thinking. Nothing is missing in our carefully timetabled life of avoiding unnecessary human contact, where weekends are punctuated by frozen pizza, vodka, and phone chats with mummy. But everything changes when Eleanor meets Raymond, the bumbling and deeply unhygienic it, it guy, IT guy from her office. When she and Raymond together save Sammy, an elderly gentleman who's fallen, the three rescue one another from the lives of isolation that they have been living. Ultimately, it is Raymond's big heart that will help Eleanor find the way to repair her own profoundly damaged one. If she does, she'll learn that she too is capable of finding friendship and even love after all. And I, this book was just so beautiful. It was touching. It was funny. I mean... Anyone who likes any sort of, you know, fiction should just check this out. Eleanor Elephant is Completely Fine by Gail Honeyman. We're going to move on to a book I have already discussed on my channel, and that's Slate House by David Mitchell. This book is on my list because, honestly, I just couldn't get out of my head after I read it for weeks, and I still, it's still very much in my head, even a year later. So, down the road from a working-class British pub, along the brick wall of a narrow alley, if the conditions are exactly right, you'll find the entrance to Slade House. A stranger will greet you by name and invite you inside. At first, you won't want to leave. Later, you'll find that you can't. Every nine years, the house residents and our brother and sister extend a unique invitation to someone who's, who's different or lonely, a precocious teenager, a recently divorced policeman, a shy college student, but, re- but what really goes inside Slate goes on inside Slate House for those who find out it's already too late. This book was awesome. It was short. I've already recommended it. I'll recommend it again. Slate House by David Mitchell. Next is my first reading experience with Ronald Malfi and he is a horror writer and this book I would say lean more towards thriller but this book I really enjoyed it really was touching I mean I teared up in in a in, in while reading this novel and this is called Come With Me and like I said it's by Ronald Malfi Aaron Decker's life changes one December morning when his wife Allison is killed haunted by her absence and her ghosts Aaron goes through her belongings, where he finds a receipt for a motel room in another part of the country. Piloted by grief and an increasing sense of curiosity, Aaron embarks on a journey to discover what Allison has been doing in the weeks prior to her death. Yet Aaron is unprepared to discover the dark secrets Allison kept, the death and horror that make up the tapestry of her hidden life. And with each dark secret revealed, Aaron becomes more and more consumed by his obsession to learn the terrifying truth about the woman who has been his wife, even if it puts his own life at risk. This novel was suspenseful, and it was definitely dramatic, and it was, like I said, I really felt a connection with Aaron, the main character, and I felt his pain and his sorrow and his grief, and it was a very beautiful horror novel. Even though it wasn't that horrific, it was just, I really, this one stuck with me too. So Come With Me by Ronald Malfi. I can totally recommend. And now we're going to go to switch off of the horror again because, you know, I, if you can see, I do really enjoy horror. But 
The next book is The House in Cerulean Sea by T.J. Klune. And this is a beautiful, you know, coming of age kind of fantasy, even though it's not coming of age because this, the man in this, Linus is the main character in the story and he's a grown man, but you see him change and you see him grow as a person. And this book was beautiful. I cried and it takes a lot to make me cry because I only cry maybe a couple times over a book in me reading every every year maybe one or two books will make me tear up and this was one for me a magical island a dangerous task a burning secret linus baker leads a quiet solitary life at 40 he lives in a tiny house with a devious cat and his old records as a caseworker at the department in charge of magical youth he spends his day overseeing the well-being of children in government sanctioned orphanages when Linus is unexpectedly summoned by extremely upper management, he's given a curious and highly classified assignment. Travel to Marseille's Island Orphanage, where six dangerous children reside. A gnome, a sprite, a wavering, an identical green, <laughs> an identical green blob, a were Pomeranian, and the Antichrist. Linus must set aside his fears and determine whether or not they're likely to bring about the end of days. But the children aren't the only secret the island keeps. Their caretaker is the charming and enigmatic, enigmatic Arthur Parnassus, who will do anything to keep his ward safe. As Arthur and Linus grow closer, long-held secrets are exposed, and Linus must make a choice. Destroy a home or watch the world burn. This book was so good. I, you were reading it. I'm like, oh, yeah. I laughed a little bit when the descriptions of the children, because they each were so well written and well rounded out. I mean, I felt like I knew the characters. And, you know, if anyone likes fantasy or, you know, it leans a little bit towards young adult. I mean, it was so good. It was such a good book. I even gave my niece this book for Christmas because I just think that everyone should give it a try. It's such a good book. It's so good, especially if you're a fan of like, you know, Harry Potter and stuff, I think especially people like that would love this book. And this book has gotten rave reviews, and I'm most everyone I've ever heard talk about it love this book. So, The House in Cerulean Sea by T.J. Klune. Oi. What is this? Okay. Next, we're going to go to Night Film by Marissa Pestel. And I believe I talked about this too on my channel because I read it one in the months, and I discussed it. So... On a damp October night, 24-year-old Ashley Cordova is found dead in an abandoned warehouse in Lower Manhattan. There were deaths ruled a suicide veteran investigative journalist Scott McGrath suspects otherwise. As he probes the strange circumstances surrounding Ashley's life and death, McGrath comes face-to-face -face with the legacy of her father, the legendary reclusive cult horror film director Stanislaus Cordova, a man who hasn't been seen in public for more than 30 years. For McGrath, another death connected to the seemingly cursed family dynasty seems more than just a coincidence. Though he has been written about Cordova's dark and unsettling films, very little is known about the man himself. Driven by revenge, curiosity, and need for the truth, McGrath, with the aid of two strangers, is drawn deeper and deeper into Cordova's eerie, hypnotic world. The last time he got close to exposing the director, McGrath lost his marriage and his career. This time he might lose even more. This book is very long. 
This book is super intriguing. It's one of those books that really draws you in because it's told in a way that there's, you know, there are different newspaper clippings and different, you know, audio discussions throughout the book that it's just, it's so well done and it's so original that this book could not not make my top list. It was just a book that's going to stick with me probably for life. You know, I know another book that I think people would associate similar in a sense would be like House of Leaves. Because that book also kind of reminds me of Night Film. So it's a thriller, definitely. It's thrilling. It's captivating. It's engaging. I would definitely say that it's one of those books that will always be in your mind. You will never forget this book if you read it. And that's Night Film by Marisha Pestle. Next, we have The Anomaly by Michael Rucker. And this is the first in a series. And I actually just finished the second. And that one was called The Possession. And sadly, The Possession only got three stars for me. I was so disappointed because the first book, The Anomaly, was so good. I read it so fast because I could not put it down. And I believe I talked about this one on my channel too. So this is a sci-fi horror, I would say. So if Indiana Jones lived in the X-Files era, he might bear at least a passing resemblance to Nolan Moore, a rogue archaeologist hosting a documentary series derisively dismissed by the real experts, but beloved by conspiracy theorists. Nolan sets out to retrace the steps of an explorer from 1909 who claimed to have discovered a mysterious cavern high up in the ancient rock of the Grand Canyon. And for once, he may have actually found what he seeks. Then the trip takes a nasty turn and the cave begins turning against them in mysterious ways. Nolan's story becomes one of survival against seemingly impossible odds. The only way out is to answer a series of intriguing questions. What is this strange cave? How has it remained hidden for so long? And what secret does it conceal that made its last visitors attempt to seal it forever? Yeah, I... Listen, I'm not going to recommend the second book to Possession unless, you, of course, you love this book as much as I did. And then you just want to keep with the series because I don't even know if they're making any more in the series. But this book was so good. I loved it. It was one of my first sci-fis in the recent years because honestly I have fallen off. I haven't read sci-fi since I was maybe a young adult teenager. So this book got me back into sci-fi. I gave other sci-fis a chance because of this book. So The Anomaly by Michael Rucker. It was awesome. It was so thrilling. It was so fun. Next, we're going to talk about a book that I've talked about on this channel before. Because it's going to be one of those books that I'm always going to remember. And that is No One Gets Out Alive by Adam Neville. And this book was so horrifying. This is one of the only books in my entire reading history that I have found actually scary. So I'm just going to read the blurb. And then we're going to move on. Because I think I've already beaten this one to death. I've talked about it. I think that if you haven't, you haven't read this book, if you're a horror if you're intrigued by horror, you are a horror fan. I mean, this book is has to be read. I mean, it's Adam Neville. I mean, I, most of us know him from The Ritual, which I've heard mixed reviews about, and I haven't read, but I've seen the movie. 
But this book, No One Gets Out Alive, is fantastic. So, Darkness Lives Within. Cash-strapped, working for agencies and living in shared accommodation, Stephanie Booth feels that she can fall no further. So when she takes a new room at the right price, she believes her luck has finally turned. But 82 Edgware Road is not what it appears to be. It's not only the eerie atmosphere of the vast neglected house or the disturbing attitude of her new landlord, Knacker McGuire, that makes her uneasy. It's the whispers behind the fireplace, the scratching beneath the floors, the footsteps in the dark, and the young women weeping in neighboring rooms. And when Knacker's cousin Fergal arrives, the danger goes vertical. But this is merely the beginning, a gateway to horrors beyond Stephanie's worst nightmares. And in a house where no one listens to the screams, will she ever get out alive? Ah! So good! It's such a good book! I mean, this is the first book I read in 2021, and it's still standing. This book, read it. You're scared. If you want to be scared, read No One Gets Out Alive by Adam Neville. Next. These are my top three books of the year. And I think that these three books are actually my top three books of the year. I don't think that they're in, per se, like, you know, number three, number two, number one in that order. But these three books were probably my absolute favorite of the year. Each one of these books were so well-written and so amazing that I will never forget them. I will probably recommend these books to people for the rest of my life. So let's start with number three on my list, and that is Come Closer by Sarah Gran. And this is a short story. And this is a, a very creepy, creeping horror story. And I think I've talked about this one as well on this channel. So if you haven't already got this book, you better go get it. So Come Closer by Sarah Gran. If everything in Amanda's life is so perfect, then why the mood swings, the obscene thoughts, the urge to harm people she loves? What are those tapping sounds in the walls? And who's that woman following her? The mystery behind what's happening to Amanda and Come Closer is so frightening that it ought to carry a warning to readers. So basically this book is about a young woman named Amanda who's being slowly possessed by a demon and it is just so creepy and so well written and I felt so bad for Amanda and I just felt her pain and I just amazing and it was short so I read this I think I read this in like 24 hours because it was just such a good book I couldn't put it down so come closer by Sarah Grant totally recommend next we're going to move on to not a horror novel it's a sci-fi and it's Leviathan Wakes. And it is the first in the Expanse series by James S.A. Corey. And I need to go get the second from my library as soon as I can. It's just I'm still working through a couple of other books that I've had on my shelf first. But this book is a sci-fi. But it's also a mystery. It's also a crime novel. And it is also a horror novel. This book had it all. If you haven't heard of it, if you haven't read it, I really recommend that you check it out because it was just fantastic. And I know I've talked about this on my channel too. I'm almost positive I have. So, humanity has colonized the solar system, Mars, the moon, the asteroid belt, and beyond, but the stars are still out of our reach. Jim Holden is XO of an ice miner 
making runs from the rings of Saturn to the mining stations of the belt. When he and his crew stumble upon a derelict ship, the Scopuli, they find themselves in possession of a secret they never wanted, a secret that someone is willing to kill for, and kill on a scale unfathomable to Jim and his crew. War is brewing in the system, unless he can find out who left the ship and why. Detective Miller is looking for a girl, one girl in a system of billions, but her parents have money, and money talks. When the trail leads them to the Scopuli and rebel sympathizer Holden, Rebel sympathizer Holden, he realizes that this girl may be the key to everything. Holder, Holden and Miller must thread the needle between the Earth government, the outer planet revolutionaries, and the secretive corporations, and the odds are against them. But out in the belt, the rules are different, and one small ship can change the fate of the universe. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone. Drop what you're doing and go get Leviathan Wakes by James S. Corey. You're going to be drawn in just like me. And I imagine we're going to be on for the whole ride through the whole Expanse series. I think there are nine in this series. And the final book just was released a few months ago. So check it out. Check it out. Leviathan Wakes, James S. Corey. And then finally, my number one book of the year. The last on my list is My Heart is a Chainsaw by Stephen Graham Jones. And this surprised me so much because last, no, yes, in 2021, I also read um, The Only Good Indians by Stephen Graham Jones. And I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I liked it. It was a little confusing. I didn't love the writing style, which she did have in this book as well. But for some reason, this works so much better for me. So. And this is part of a trilogy now. So there's a second book coming out in this upcoming year I have seen. So I'm very excited about that. And My Heart is a Chainsaw is about a girl named Jade. So I'm going to read this blurb and then we can chat a little bit about it. Jane Daniels is an angry, half-Indian outcast with an abusive father, an absent mother, and an entire town that wants nothing to do with her. She lives in her own world, a world where protection comes from an unusual source, horror movies, especially the ones where a mass killer seeks revenge on a world that wronged them. And Jade narrates the quirky history of Proof Rock as if, it is the one, as if it's one of those movies But when blood actually starts to spill into the waters of Indian Lake, she pulls us into her dizzying encyclopedic mind of blood and mass murderers and predicts exactly how the plot will unfold. Yet even as Jay drags us into her dark fever dream, a surprising and intimate portrait emerges, a portrait of the scared and traumatized little girl beneath the Jason Voorhees mask. Angry, yes, but also a girl who easily cries, fiercely loves, and desperately wants a home. A girl whose feelings are too big for her body. My Heart is a Chainsaw is her story. Her homage to horror and revenge and triumph. This book was so much more. Like it says, it was really just a story about Jade. And I love Jade as a character so much that I just, I adored this book. 
as someone who's also, you know, a huge horror fan, this just was like a a perfect novel for me. It was it was beautifully structured and it was so easy to, to connect connect to Jade and her life and just living through what she was experiencing and I think most people would really enjoy this book. There are a few people, maybe this isn't for them because it is a bit horrific in some areas. It's definitely a slasher in a book. But My Heart is a Chainsaw by Stephen Graham Jones was definitely my one of my top, if not my top book of the year. So if you want something horrific and beautiful, then check it out. And my friends, those are my top books of 2021 i had quite a few four stars too but these were my five stars and these are the ones that i can recommend i'm hoping that this upcoming year will be just as grand with books i have given out one five star so far which is pretty impressive considering i've only read i think maybe four or five books this year already but i will talk about that probably next week so If you don't hear from me, which I think that you probably will, it's because we're in the process of moving and it's just life in general is just becoming very hectic for us. So hopefully you'll hear from me next week. If not, sorry, also sorry, no recipes this week. This this episode was totally just on the fly. I just did it because I just felt like I wanted to. So Sorry, I promise I'll do better on this channel. I promise I'll do better on my podcast. It'll be lots of fun. So I'm hoping 2022 will be even better than 2021 and we will continue to grow and talk about books and be deliciously bookish. Bye, guys.